0: All right, everybody, host Rory O'Toole here. We'll start with his opening statement and open up to you for questions.
1: A lot of length out there. Didn't didn't know how to handle these guys. Um, you know, we just, we got to hit those subscriptions. We got to get those likes. We got to get those downloads. And right now we're not making our rotations around SoundCloud and Spotify and iTunes. So we just got to hit the gym and improve that. You know, get our name out there, get our sponsorships, get that Zip Recruiter, get that Me Undies. Um, we'll get there one day if we keep trying. So, MJ, hit that beat. Episode number 12.
0: One Golden Moment podcast. Justice El Santos with the ear piercing. Woo! Rorio Tool. Hey, hey. We back in the studio. Back in the actual studio. We're back in the actual studio. The not Daily the Courtyard Cow. multimedia room. <laughs> you know, it's Saturday. It is actually the the day of the skills competition, three point competition, dunk contest. It's All Star mm-hmm. Weekend. This USC game might have been a little bit of an All Star Weekend in a way, but we'll get into that in a little second. Definitely. So it's currently nine fourteen on February 16th we're back at delusional hours <laughs> so you know the takes are going to come in hot the Spice Queen Serena Carana is unfortunately not with us she is here with us in spirit in though. spirit yeah doing I actually don't know where she is I know that she said she's going away I think she's in SAC SAC town's finest yeah home to back home De'Aaron Fox who said he doesn't like In-N-Out that is such a spicy take sacrilege god I mean a spicy take for one of the Spice Queen's favorite players so yeah it makes sense so I, I guess I guess we got some basketball to get into. Some, I guess some college basketball to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these games were, you can talk about them for very different ways. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's just get into these real quick. So this week Cal played both UCLA and USC at home. There was a prediction that by the end of this week, <laughs> if we rewind the tape, that there would rewind be a w. The that there would be a win call it, or are you just going to you gonna leave it up to the... Uh, I'll yeah. call it. Oh, 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 Spice oh, Queen! Queen! Off the top rope! I think if Cal has one win it's this season, it'll be against UCLA this Wednesday. 7
1: wow. P.m. You, you heard it here first. It. On wax. on <laughs> Great. could wax. come full circle there. But... I couldn't. Well, my thing was USC, so... Okay. But... I'm to switch it up. I'll call USC, you call UCLA? All right. There okay. we go. Two. You have ca- We're winning both. We're sweeping LA. Isn't Nor- is Cal- Isn't this what we said like a month ago? I'm for- yeah. no. I was saying Winless conference. <laughs> I was saying we were going to take one of USC or UCLA. And I zeroed in on USC. That was a mistake <laughs> at the time. But you know what? I misled, misread the tea leaves, okay? The prophecies are actually coming to me more clear now. USC,
0: we're coming for you. There has not been a win. So let's, let's start with the UCLA Cal game. That was a 75 to 67 win by UCLA in overtime.
1: Oh, overtime thriller. Except not really, because it was one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever seen in my entire life. It was just an abysmal basketball game, especially in that first half. It was free basketball, but I don't Ooh. think anybody wanted free basketball. No. We were both kind of dejected when that buzzer went off and it was tied. We are like, oh God.
0: Chris Wilkes, 27 points, 10 rebounds. He was the big factor in this game for UCLA on a game where... Murray Bartow might have, if given the opportunity, he might have literally thrown a player into a wall at halftime. I have never seen a coach as mad in person as I saw Murray Bartow during that game. Well, they were down at the half. Yeah. Um, They were
1: playing terribly. I mean, UCLA shot 14% in the first half. Cal shot 12%. From three from the field? From three. From the field... (laughs) 27% 27% for UCLA, while the Bears
0: were shooting 35% from the field. It was not a fun game. Um, on the Cal side, Darius McNeil with 18 points. Justice Simmel with 15 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Connor Vanover with 12 points. But as as you noted out, it was a it was kind of an ugly night for one Oakland zone, Paris-Austin. Oh,
1: I think 2 points on 1-7 shooting, right? Yes. Yeah. One of seven, two points. So, yeah, he's uh, had a rough stretch as of late in the USC game tonight, too, which we'll talk about. But, uh, yeah, he could not get anything going. Neither could Matt Bradley, who was two of 12 with only seven points, and Jawan Harris-Dyson, O of six, two points. I think we've talked about Jawan ad nauseum. I think just
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing is really it's, it's changed. tough. Very tough. But you want to go into this game right now or should we just gloss over the USC game and then like work backwards from there yeah whatever you want man we'll do it live we'll do it live do it live this is real it's a lot of prep here (laughs) so the USC game 89 66 Cal after a string of games in which they were relatively in there in those four games against Stanford and Oregon Oregon State and UCLA they lost by a combined 28 points in this game, they lost by 23, so it was very much a step backwards. As Wyking said in the post-game press conference, he said something akin to if we... He was referencing a practice, and he said that if we run the zone during the game, how we ran it in practice, we're going to get blown out by 30 points. And... Lo and behold. That almost happened. Yeah. And you got to consider... They were up too. by 31 at one point. There was a lot of garbage time in this one. Not really, not yeah. really close. USC started the game on an 11-0 run. They started the second half on an 8-0 run. The game started on a block, right? I think it was a block of Paris Austin that turned into a a Jonah Matthews three-pointer. The big story of this game, Benny Bowright, 36 points, 10 three-pointers. That is a program record for USC. And with that, Mm. with those 10 three-pointers... Benny Bowright becomes the first player in the Pac 12 to knock down 10 three pointers in a game since Robert Franks. And if memory serves correct, that game was against Cal as well. And that was also oh. a program record.
1: So, Correlation is not causation, Justice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a team. Yeah, in, actually, it might just be in this case.
0: A team in red, a skilled big. Yeah. Uh, it was not a fun game. If I, if, at least in terms of Cal, like, we were kind of. We were in shock that Benny Boatwright was hitting some of the three pointers that he did. Like, oh, we God. fell backwards. Yeah, we lost all our journalistic credentials <laughs> over there. It was sort of akin to how like when you see like a, a ridiculous slam dunk during slam dunk weekend, you have like yeah. you, you, have, me back. you have the group holding each other yeah. back, and that's how you we were. There was a couple different threes in this game where I was just thinking, This man is gonna go for four. We actually had a bet on this game. Yeah. I think so I ended up losing this bet, but the bet was I think Boatwright had 10 points already, and we wagered a soda. Would Boatwright get to 30? Mm-hmm. He got to 30, and then we started to say, would he get to 40, but, you know. Didn't quite. He could have if he wanted to. If he really wanted to, if, if he, he was, was really ruthless. going for it. Like he only took 19 shots, and he only played... T- uh, how many minutes did he play? Uber efficient. He barely scratched 29 minutes. If he wanted to, like he could have easily gone for more points, but there's that old Larry Bird quote, when I think he played the Hawks. Mm-hmm. He had like eight or nine steals through three quarters, and the coach was like, do you want to go back in try to get this quad dub? And he was like, I've done enough damage. The, dam- <laughs> the damage has been done. Uh, yeah, that's so, what Bo Ray was feeling. And this was one of those games where we saw a lot of the... We saw a bench warmer sighting on both sides just because the game was just so out of hand. But the starters were playing kind of late into this game.
1: Yeah, as Trent, we've talked about before, where... The starters play well into the fourth quarter. I mean, not the fourth quarter, the second half, where it's clear that the game's out of hand and out of reach. But Wiking, that's
0: his style. He likes to keep his guys out there for as long as possible. And considering just how much of a blowout this was, some of the minute totals are kind of shocking. Justice played 37 minutes. Darius played 35 minutes. You know, those those are pretty much the two outliers. You know, Connor played 29, but... Mm-hmm. I think it's worth noting that he's not much of a workhorse to begin with, so 29-30, that's kind of pushing the boundaries of him. You know, Paris didn't play too many minutes, 24. Same with Matt Bradley, didn't play too many minutes, 24. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into the minutes too much. We've kind of discussed this a little bit already. But, you know, I think it's worth noting it was definitely a little bit of a a head-scratcher in a way. You had Roman Davis and Jacoby Gordon both healthy again. This might have been the time to get them some minutes just to get a feel for the game, but last that's not really how this one played out
1: and Wyking King made that comment after the UCLA game because his starters played they were playing like 40 minutes 37 minutes um, he said he wanted to do a better job of getting other guys run and resting his starters but not totally succeeding on that end but it was a little more balanced
0: this game a tad bit a little more balanced he def, I think he got every single player in the entire roster aside from James out minutes like even Jules Irving made an Jules appearance. Irving rare appearance on All Star Weekend. You know is that a correlation is it, causation? I don't know. Was I'll, this planned? I'll let, I'll let the audience decide. Were there some representatives out in Charlotte that said you need to get my you need brother. to get <laughs> Dr. J <laughs> Jr. out there? But so with those two losses, Cal's record on the season is now five and twenty. I think we need to we need to Woo! reference the chance of a winless record. We always reference this on the podcast every time with every subsequent loss that never keeps going up. Mm. But it jumped in a way that we did not expect. I'm shocked. We were both shocked when I we were walking on the, to the office as I read it and I stopped in my tracks and I like fell backwards. Yeah. So after the UCLA loss or that was I think it was about 27% and you know in the days after, it kind of hovers, you know, 26.9, mm. 26.8. So after this loss, it was a very bad loss, but, you know, this isn't really uncharted territory. The last real blowout loss was the Utah game. I think that was 22 points as well. Mm. So we weren't expecting this number to jump that much. I think I said 30. I think we both said, you know, something of that nature. I didn't even nature. think it would get to 30. You, like, you it didn't, didn't even that, that dramatic. To <laughs> Boy, was it dramatic. <laughs> Woo! As of recording time, the probability of a winless season for Cal in conference is 39.6%. That is a 12% jump from the UCLA game to the USC game. I think Cal is broken Ken Palm. Yeah, Ken Palm doesn't know how to handle this. I don't think Ken Palm was designed with this in mind. No. You know, there there are the, you know, the chance of going undefeated, but that's a little more manageable. The percentage is going to be much lower, and even if it does mm. increase, it's going to increase very incrementally, probably, yeah. like maybe 1% after, like, three wins. But 39 points, I we've talked about this a lot, whether or not they might go winless, but I think this is, after this weekend... No, I think it's, it's kind of redundant to say the feeling has never been stronger like after every subsequent game. But we've been calling it from the beginning, man. We've been talking about this for a while. This is like the the one recurring segment that we have yeah. on the podcast. We're
1: uh, prophets, but I think it's important to make the distinction between the computer's percentage and like reality or not real. I don't want to say reality because computers the math it all checks out. But the feeling you get, the unquantifiable. Chance of this, you know, when you're just looking at the team and you're forecasting and you're kind of feeling that energy from the program, it is definitely higher than 39%. You think it's higher? In, like, the way it feels. Like, it feels like it's like a 70-30 chance at this point, you know.
0: I think a lot of that at this point in time is attributed to just how how crazy Washington State has really just burst onto the scene. Yeah. They're not they're not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination but they did just come off that sweep of both Arizona and Arizona State and on just the road played Washington super hard. and tonight they lost to Washington which you know shocker but it was 72-70 granted you know at home it's rivalry in, game. in front of 10 people as you like to say yeah. the home crowd <laughs> but you know that we, we reference this a lot that's the one game we project them to win or that they have the best probability of winning. That's what everyone keeps saying. But when you have Robert Franks playing like Katie Light, it's kind of hard to project that they do win a game.
1: And I've been saying, since they lost to Washington State, like, when you get your lunch just absolutely snatched, the way Wazoo just killed us in Pullman, how can you feel confident we're going to beat them in Berkeley? They're just... I don't see it. I I really... I don't know. It's... (laughs) I was saying, though, I would not be shocked if there was a stupid upset in one of the Arizona schools. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying it's going to happen, like I said, with USC. I'm eating crow for that. <laughs> okay? We have, <laughs> unfortunately, recorded evidence of me making some, some spicy takes. But uh, you I'm name. just saying I would not be shocked because the Arizona schools play very uneven. And they've played down to their competition a lot of the time.
0: And Arizona's kind of been going through it recently. You know, aside, you like, know, all... FBI, Federal Bureau Federal East, <laughs> All of that stuff aside, you know, just Arizona has not been playing a good brand of basketball. No. At the beginning of conference play, I was pleasantly surprised to see how they were playing considering the lack of legitimate star power. You know, you've got Chase Jeter, Brandon Randolph. Coleman. Coleman, Williams. You know, you mm-hmm. had... a A solid set of characters but you didn't have that one star and regardless if it's the NBA FIBA it doesn't really matter you need that one star to really propel your team up in the standings so it's not the most shocking thing in the world that they are in the position they are right now but after you know the Washington State loss that they themselves did suffer I wouldn't be shocked as well you know it is going to be in the McHale Center they did start the U of A chance. At Haas, so they're yeah. probably going to get those fans back there, but...
1: Arizona State, too, though. They've, uh... I mean, who did they lose to? Princeton? <laughs> the LA, last game of non-conference LA, play? come on! Um,
0: I'd like to think we're better than Princeton. Well, that game was... <laughs> Arizona State heading into conference play was supposed to be the one saving grace of the Pac-12, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. And then... The wheels kind of fell off, but they've had this really weird season Super where they oscillated coaster. back and forth. They did just beat Arizona or Utah, ninety-eight to eighty-seven on the road. So there's that. That's worth saying as well. But no, that's a good win. It's weird to say that their best chance of a win is going to come against Arizona on the road more than Washington State, but
1: at Everybody this point, were at this
0: point, <laughs> at this point, we're just trying to figure out. They're nothing. definitely.
1: Probably not going to win. I'm just saying. Oh, most likely. I wouldn't be shocked.
0: There have been stranger things be to happen. So. Pack twelve is gonna pack twelve. <laughs> so I think it's worth giving both of these games a little more in depth, mm-hmm. a little commentary. Let's get the UCLA game out the way. UCLA. Let's just get it out the way.
1: I hope you didn't watch this game. Just for your own sanity, people, because it was
0: disgusting. I think it's worth noting that I watched this game at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday, the night before I had a midterm, (laughs) at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Now, granted, I felt felt very confident about how this midterm went.
1: Okay, good. If if I could
0: have turned back time, if I could have had the decision to just, you know, have the game on while I was studying, I think I might have just... Abstain from attending this game live. It was... We've seen a lot of bad basketball in the Pac-12. We've seen a lot of UCLA not maximizing their potential. Them not really playing, like, the cohesive group of four stars and five stars that they are. Mm -hmm. But good God, Wednesday night. (laughs) Like, if Murray Bartow got fired mid-game for saying something allegedly in the locker room, I would not have been shocked because I have never seen a coach just so blood-red mad. Yeah, for good reason. He had the hockey substitution. We forgot to oh mention Oh, my that. God. The, so I think – I don't remember when it is, but I it think was it was – I was thinking it was like five, three minutes in. It was like three minutes, four minutes. Because we got out to, to a big lead. So yeah. UCLA's starting lineup was Prince Ali, Chris Wilkes, Jalen Hands, Moses Brown, and Jalen Hill. UCLA started the game very slowly, and I mean...
1: Zero energy.
0: It, they were playing as if they just had a sabbatical at like Fat Slice right before the game. <laughs> they might have. It was It was not the same UCLA team that dropped 98 on Cal no. at Pauly. Pauly Pavilion. So what, Mer- what Coach Bartow did, subs them all out, Alex Olashinsky, Cody Riley, Jules Bernard, Chris Smith, David Singleton wholesale substitution, wholesale hockey. This man was standing on the court. (laughs) He was stomping his feet. He was giving the Sean Miller, like, taking a knee on the sidelines. He was doing anything and everything. He was doing the, I'm going to walk away from the team and just give you the side. I'm going to let the assistant take it over while I just stand here and simmer. Well, because he knew he'd (laughs) get fired if he loses. Someone actually tweeted that. If he was to lose that game, he would have just been done. Totally. And granted, he is an interim coach, and he probably but you can't, it would not have been a great one To lose to
1: this Cal team could be a career killer, potentially. It's going to look really bad on someone's resume if it happens.
0: Well, that's the same thing that people were saying about that Washington State game to Arizona State. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the type of game that gets you axed for the tournament. Yeah. And considering just the straight discrepancy of talent on both sides, like we've mentioned this already, UCLA is less than the sum of their parts. And for a team like that to potentially lose, like, yes, it, it is on the road, but, you know, Haas Pavilion hasn't exactly been filling up. No. So, you know, me and you love looking at the fan sites, you know, Goju and, what is it, Go Brew and Joe Yeah. On, like, California Golden Blog, stuff of that nature. I think it would have been fun to, to read over those comments after a UCLA loss. Oh, God. I could only have imagined... They would have been out for blood at that point. What did Sam Vecini
1: say? He said I need some eye bleach after this is by far the worst game I've seen this year.
0: <laughs> like he was. Oh yeah, he put he bet on the game. I remember some, someone kind of went after Connor too. Oh, that was a I was I'm watching this Cal that. UCLA game. Yeah, this is a descent into madness. One of Cal's players looks like this, and then he posted a picture with Connor, like who for some reason had like. Should we tails. talk about the hair? So three players on Cal.
1: Let's just cover it real real quick. Justice suing. Connor van over Matt Bradley. All have new haircuts. I don't know why. I don't know if this was done together. I don't know if they lost a bet. I don't know if Viking challenged them <laughs> <laughs> to get <laughs> Who new haircuts. <laughs> Justice got this new like D'Angelo Russell light slash friend. It's we
0: don't know what it is. I compared it to Travis Scott, but I don't think his hair is the same way. In the yeah. his hair is like naturally kind of curly. Yeah, and not in the same way of like Travis Scott. So like he's trying to do that, but it's just looking a little, a little different. And man, and then Matt Bradley just like you know sort of you a got buzz, the normal lineup. You know, buzz cut with a little bit of a fade. But Connor, well, Connor, Connor I don't even.
1: He know. looks like a toddler. So okay, this guy got two. I don't know what you call it's those like, braids. It's They're like, like
0: pigtail. It's like braids plus like a pigtail. Yeah. We need Serena for this because we're not qualified. We're not talk qualified about hair to say. I just nature.
1: know that it looks bad and it looks weird, and I don't like it. And I miss short hair
0: van over. That's the one. I miss sorry. short hair van over. Was there ever a short hair? I there think was. he always had in high school. There was, but he always had like the the long. The little hair. top. Yeah. I think it's worth noting though. Given even with the hair, Connor Vanover has been playing pretty well. He had eight points tonight against USC. That was the first game in the okay. last four games that he hasn't had double figures. Mm-hmm. I think he oscillated back and forth between his like twelve points, fifteen points, twelve points, fifteen points. Yeah. And tonight with eight, we talked about this in the last podcast. He's been playing well, and you know maybe that's the key. You got to change up the hair every single game. I would like it though. I would honestly love to see Connor with like a buzz cut and a little fade and lineup, you know, get the little straight edge yeah. out there. I think it would suit him well. And if
1: you want some swag, you know, maybe don a shooting sleeve, maybe wear a headband. Shoot, there, shoot. There's
0: things we can do without you donning this terrible haircut, Connor. Maybe get some uh, LeBron 16 equity, just like Benny Bowright was yeah. wearing. I think it's worth noting for that as well. Take Benny different Boeright, colors. in the USC game, he was wearing the LeBron 16s, the equity style that was white on left shoe, black on the other shoe, and... You know, when you wear a pair of shoes like that, you got a ball out. Mm. It's the same thing with Dominic Green wearing the the Pinnacle Sixes. If you're going to wear those shoes, you got a ball out. Yeah. And to his they both ball his out. Credit, so, is there sort of anything else we need to touch about in this UCLA game? Chris Wilkes was the one. Chris Wilkes race. was unbelievable. That dude, get that man in the NBA right now. You know, his Good. stock has definitely oscillated a lot just because yeah you know when we talk about the pitfalls of us your ucla he's definitely epitomized them he hasn't exactly taken the jump from year 1 to year 2 that i would expect an nba prospect to take sort of sort of in the same vein as ivan Rab, except not as much as a sure po- uh, fire prospect but as i mentioned 27 points score. 10 rebounds he had that step away 3 to put them up by 3 that was yeah. pretty nasty
1: yeah, he had some real nasty ones. Jalen Hands, though, I was not very impressed with. Um,
0: you want to have your Jalen Hands? I don't that?
1: hate Jalen Hands. I don't want this to be misconstrued that I hate Jalen Hands. I just Jalen Hands. Can you please play with a little urgency? Not like everything slow motion. Um, I like Singleton though. His backup, David Singleton, dude had a great game. Um, he had twelve points, four seven. He was he was. That's how I want Jalen Hands playing.
0: Just play like you give a shit, Jalen Hands, please. Just one time. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that Hands just coming into college, he wasn't really touted as a natural point guard. But for someone right. like him who does have aspirations to play in the, if this is, if I'm giving advice oh, to Jalen Hands, this is my two modicums of advice. Try. One. You're the one that's always on his Snapchat story. I think you Yo, guys said- I follow this
1: guy on Snapchat. I don't see him in the gym. I don't see him in the gym.
0: I'll tell you that. So he, here's my two things. Uh, if I was to advise Jalen and if he was to actually listen to some 5'8 some Filipino <laughs> that's never played a minute of college basketball in his life. Uh, number one. it S- of the game. Play all four years, please. Not only just for me because wow. I love football. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not happening. I think it's in his best interest for it to happen. Like, I think we can both agree. But it's not. It might not happen, but I just honestly feel like if he goes to the NBA after. He's going to be eaten before, alive. He's going to be eaten alive. Develop that, and I guess this kind of bleeds into the second point, but felt those ball handling skills a little more. Become more of a natural playmaker rather than trying to force the situation and hunt for assists. Mm-hmm. We did see that a lot where he just dribbled the ball a lot. It's like, oh, what's open? Oh, what's open? Oh, what's open? Oh, he's kind of open. Here's a pass. Oh, yeah. he wasn't open. I turned the ball over. <laughs> so this isn't a UCLA podcast, but that's just, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched a lot of Jalen Hands over the past uh, year. And you know as you mentioned, Sam Vecini is not Man, the biggest fan of, of Jalen Hands. Fan. Shout I think, out. I think it's, out also, it's, always, it's always a fun point to note, but at last year's Draft Combine, Jalen Hands had the smallest hand size of <laughs> any of the prospects. So, moving on to the uh, USC game. Um, Benny Boatwright, my God. Benny Boat was right. God. I remember when I was playing 2K16. Back in the day, when I was a freshman That's at a Cal, good game right there. I always loved to download the the draft classes. And in one of the mock drafts, they had Benny Boatwright in it. Uh, granted, it really didn't. it looked nothing like him. I think this was after like his sophomore year. Wow! But I remember I made an expansion team called the Montreal Expos, and he ended up on <laughs> that team. <laughs> and I remember he was like he was a very solid piece on this in this fictional NBA 2K world. And, you know, it, it's great to see. See the development. The development. From the, the, the Montreal the Expos <laughs> to Los
1: Angeles. Crazy journey. I think
0: the the craziest thing for me about this USC game mm. was that, well, aside from the fact that Bo Wright was hitting, did we discuss some of the threes that he was hitting already? Did we talk yeah, about Yeah, we this? talked about how we reacted like it was a
1: dunk contest. Did we
0: go into which ones <laughs> specifically were there that, like, kind of... No, we crazy? didn't. All right, so there was three in particular that made me and Rory kind of just, like, lose our collective minds. Mm-hmm. There was the fifth one that he hit in the first half. Yes, five in the first half. One was in the corner. He gets fouled, knocks down the shot, and he's kind of, like, laying down next to the Cal bench. Laughing. <laughs> Everybody's, like, stank-eyeing him. He's like, Who, who's this man? But, like, they can't say anything. He's lighting them up. Who's man's? There was one in the second half where he shot it from the Haas Pavilion logo, And there was deep, which is like thirty feet, and then there was the record-breaking one from the logo with Darius McNeil right in his face. It was so nasty. With every subsequent three that he took, I just I was like, "There's no way he's hitting that boom." Well, I guess no one could challenge his
1: shot. No one really could. Dude, what is he six eleven? I believe 6'10?
0: 6'10, 6'11", something of that nature. He's just shooting right over our guys, and he did get some wide open looks. There were, as Viking mentioned, there was some blown coverages, and you know he did get those wide open looks as a result of. But he lack also of, just was like,
1: there were some threes where it's like you're just not good enough to stop me. You know, I'm gonna shoot right over you. <laughs> There's. <laughs> this was the game. M- Where I was just like, they just have way more talent than us. Like, it wasn't scheme. It wasn't tactics. It wasn't the refs. It was just like, USC rolled the ball out. They're like, we're just flat out better than you guys.
0: (laughs) And we're going (laughs) to prove it from jump. And they did. And sometimes that's just how it goes. And the crazy thing about this game, just to take a step back from boat right, was, you know, Derek Thornton, he only took one (laughs) shot the entire game. That's crazy, dude. Because he had 13 points against us
1: at USC. He
0: had a double-double points and assists in that game as well. And then Shaquan Aaron, he took three shots. Weavered in too much. For some reason, Andy Enfield has been bringing Nick Rakosevich off the bench in the past two games. And I don't really understand the logic. He still got a double-double off the bench in 21 minutes. And the same thing with Kevin Porter Jr. The Kevin, like, him, I understand a lot more why he's coming off the bench. There was actually a moment that's worth discussing. So, during the second half, the opposing team, when they, their basket is right behind the student section, Porter Jr. gets fouled, goes to the free throw line, knocks down the first free throw, gives the little, the shh, puts the finger up to his nose. Which is, I've never seen that
1: on a free throw, Ever. <laughs> No one, no one flexes after a free throw.
0: That's just how the game goes. Porter, but... he's got swag. And then after the second free throw, you know, he's like, he's jogging back. So he makes the second free throw. He's jogging back to the other side of the floor, but then he kind of gives like this little sly little grin to the student section. He's like, I know I'm better than anybody you can put on the floor, and I'm going to prove it. Yeah. And we saw a little bit of Kevin Porter Jr.'s potential tonight. night. You know, mm-hmm. coming into the season, he was touted as a potential lottery pick. Things haven't really shaken out that way, but tonight, 14 points, three from three of five from the field. All three of those made shots were threes. Also had three rebounds and four assists. This is another guy where I'm thinking, you know, this season hasn't been kind to him. I wish he would stay another year and have a more complete season in which he actually gets to play from game one to game 30. But it's most likely, more likely than not, not going to happen. Yeah, I don't see
1: it. And he hasn't had the best time at USC, as we've oh. detailed. I mean, he's had a good time, just not within team rules. Yeah, um, between between the injury. <laughs> so in- he's like, you know what, I'm going to be a free man. I'm going to get that money. I'm between the injury
0: luck. and the indefinite suspension. Also, the dude looks like he's 25. Like,
1: my dude is fully tatted. He's yoked. He's he's already got the fu attitude. Oh yeah, you know, like this dude, he, he belongs
0: in the big leagues. Sometimes that's all you need, just to you know, he's pretty well developed already in terms of just like him growing into his body. And he's from Seattle, from which is like an NBA factory on the West Coast. It's a Pac-12 factory. Jalen mm-hmm. Noel, Dejon Davis, Kevin Porter Jr., Washington. It's, it's been was a good. A lot. It's been a good little stretch for Seattle. Um. What else to discuss from this USC? Dude, game?
1: Jacob Orander. Jacob Orander. My boy hitting
0: threes out here, catching bodies. <laughs> as you like to reference, Yakub! Yakoub! But then we also in addition to Jacob, him knocking down a three from the top of the key. Also got appearances from, as mentioned, Jules Irving, David Surge, shout out, and Blake Welly. You know, just on a side note, in seasons like this, it is it's just nice to see the bench guys get minutes every once in a while. I would like to see James yeah, out team, minutes. Can we please? play the bench what I want to
1: talk about though is sorry Paris Austin what's going on with our guy at one time he was the key to the season rough games these past few games
0: I think that lack of a jump shot is really starting to catch up with him Mm -hmm. that was something we talked about at the beginning of the season where like we talked about this a lot in the last couple podcasts how he sort of releases it on the way down it's so ugly, guys. I had a very—I think it's a very accurate metaphor—as one of his shots looked kind of off, and I kind of described it as there was that iconic Dwayne Wade game winner where he took a three, but it was like on a fast break. So as he took it, like he was floating towards the free throw line, mm. and one of Paris's jumpers kind of looked as if he was fading with that same momentum, but like horizontally, and it's like. It's sort of like. I don't even. I'm kind of at a loss for words. That's it's I'm honestly like. it's, so bad that you can't. Well, it process was. We mentioned you know. it. The first play, of the the first play of this USC game was him getting blocked, which led to a. I think that was even a three point attempt. If yeah, serve's correct. Yeah, it was his lone three point attempt of at the game. It gets blocked, and then Jonah Matthews hits a three pointer on the other end, and you know it's kind of one of those things where. You know, that's kind of his game. He's going to cross over left to right, take a mid-range jumper. I'm not a fan of those long twos if you're doing it off the dribble. If it's like a catch-and-shoot, pick-and-roll situation, like, yeah, sure, go for it. But to take that shot after all the dribbling and all the effort, it's I'm not a fan of that. That's not to say I'm not a fan of what Paris brings to this team in terms of, you know, just general playmaking, in terms of leadership, but, you know, 10 points on 11 shots, there was... Some of them were forced drive to the lane where he's kind of looking to get fouled in a way. And I have to say, he does flop. My man flops a little
1: bit. There are some flops every once in a while. But the thing is, is he even playmaking? Because, like, he only had three assists tonight. How many did he have against UCLA? I remember
0: there being one very distinct pass Four? where he, like, bounced past it into traffic, and I was thinking, what is going on? But I think in terms of the playmaking, you could sort of... You can make the argument in a sense that how much of the lack of assist numbers, is that on Paris or is that on the offense? I mean, it's definitely both for sure. But I just think a
1: great point guard finds a way to get easy shots for his guys. It's a great point. You know,
0: and I don't know. But I think uh-huh. t- to his defense, I, th- I remember this one possession in particular. It was USC was running its own. And, you know, Cal has struggled with the zone just because of how the way in which the three point shooting has kind of fallen off in the last couple months. But there was a point when Justice was just standing at the free throw line. And he kind of, you know, like two steps this way, two steps that way. And I was just, I wasn't even watching the ball at that point. I was just watching Suing. Yeah. And I'm like, He's not moving at all. He's not trying to slash. He's not trying to get an outlet. Well, maybe he was trying to get an outlet pass, but it wasn't there. And I'm just thinking, like, what is, what, what's going on right now? I, it was a little bit of a confusion as to what he was it doing. It was rough. And I believe you made the point that that might have been by design, for better or for worse. Yeah. I
1: think that must be, because that's not really just his game. I feel like he uh, got told to do that. Sometimes I feel like Suing is a better playmaker than Austin because
0: it do draw so much attention. He did have three assists as well to one turnover as well. Yeah. I think we both made the point in the past couple of games we'd like to see Justice, you know, be a little more aggressive. But, you know, when you're playing 37 minutes, and especially in a game like this where it's kind of a lost cause by the time you get to the 10 minute mark of the first half, it's a little hard to just want to, you know, say, all right, this is my game. I think it's... Yeah, you know, he, he's a played, a he knew it was the last guys from the jump. Then to played 37 minutes as well, which is just... He played 42 against UCLA. He's been, he's been taking his blows. He's the workhorse for sure. And I will give him credit. He had a very slow start to the season. I think we've mentioned this in a couple podcasts mm-hmm. before, but... He's really come on in the last several games. I think this is his seventh straight game, hitting double figures. I know that he had like a really nice yeah. streak last year. I think it might have even been into the 10-game range. And, and He's the one guy who gets to the line. No one else on this team gets to the line. I'm not sure if he had an and one today, but I mentioned the point before the game started that in the Stanford game, in the Oregon State game... In the Oregon game and I believe the UCLA game as well, he had at least one and one. He's really great at absorbing contact, finding angles, Mm having that little English off the glass, and unless I stay here an additional year, I'm not going to be here when he becomes a senior. You know, he's a sophomore right now. I'm a junior, but I'm I'm gonna be tracking like how he progresses over the next two years because the potential for, you know, potentially an 18 points per game score is there. Mm -hmm. You know, sharpen up that three point shooting a little bit get a little more creative with the dribble, refine that dribble, maybe develop a little more as a playmaker, and boom, you potentially have someone who can make an all-conference team.
1: I mean, I'd love to see him run a little bit of point forward every now and then, just to mix it up. Because the dude draws so much attention, he can find guys in the corner. Yeah. Um,
0: it's a good its a good strategy, either. I think. I think what I also noticed when they were trying to attack the zone is that, well... I'm gonna say this, the zone is not gonna break down or you're not gonna break down a zone if you have Jawan shooting threes. He took oh two. This st- this is the weird thing is like the stroke looks nice. It's just does it? It's a, like a solid form. It's not the worst form in the world.
1: Yeah, it's not terrible form, it's just like no one thinks it's going in. I feel like, like No one in the stadium thinks it's going what? in.
0: I feel like one has to go in at some point in the season. It's going to be a bank for sure. If he, <laughs> it's going to be a bank. I'm calling it If he it just right takes now. two to a game for the rest of the season, I think he just needs to have the freedom to make it. Because who knows? Once he makes one, maybe he makes 10 in a row. Who knows? Who knows? Because basketball is a weird sport. Not as weird as baseball, but it's still a very weird sport. <laughs> um, we're getting close to the 40-minute mark here. Any like final points that we want to touch upon?
1: Um, Jacoby Gordon played today He did After minute, not playing 32 against seconds. UCLA Not sure what's going on. I guess he's coming back from the injury Yeah, Should I believe so
0: I mean, I'm, I still got a little bit of faith in Jacoby Yeah, I'm not ready to give up on Jacoby As him becoming a solid role player No I think that this season I think it's a little akin to what Juwan's season was last year Not exactly in terms of mm. production But just the way in which He was hindered throughout the season by injury. And as we've mentioned before, his confidence is always there. The jump shot looks nice. It's just a matter of getting one to go in, getting consistent minutes, and then going from there. Yeah. What do you think
1: of uh, Andre? It seems like as Connor has kind of progressed,
0: Andre's regressed. I'm not necessarily sure if it's a, a regression as much as it is just conference play. Conference play is not...
1: But he's playing a lot less. I mean, he only played true. ten minutes tonight. He played eight minutes against UCLA. I mean, the dude was playing thirty minutes at one point.
0: I think Andre just needs the opportunity to show off that jump shot at some point. I think that because I've noticed that at when he gets in the post, once he makes that his initial move, he like backs down and like goes one way. Like he's going up for that jump hook, and I think it's gotten to a point where he's forcing it a little bit. Totally. I think if he was. To tr- if he was potentially to be the one that try and break that zone, where he gets the ball at the elbow, takes the jumper right after, or maybe runs like a little pick and pop, that would really activate his game and unlock this next level of confidence that that's sort of not been here. But you know, he's taken like what I think we can count on our fingers how many jump shots he's taken this year—four yeah. or five, a like Which is unfortunate because you know, I feel like if given the opportunity to consistently take that jumper, he's going to knock him down. To me, it's less a thing of
1: shooting and just playmaking, like passing it, and you know, getting teammates involved. Because I don't see him ever like dribbling it more than three times, and like you know, throwing the ball around. Like everything he does is it's, he's on the floor to score in a post up situation and grab rebounds. Like that's all they're asking him to do.
0: Well, I think it potentially might have gotten to a point where. He realizes his minutes are dwindling, and he's trying to score and prove that he's productive in the few minutes that he is playing. But in a weird way, that can work against your cause, and you can play out of body. Because
1: he's not a score-first guy. you know He likes to get other guys involved, go on the break, find people in the corner, and then go to work. Um, I th- yeah, it's just this point. I just wish he'd play Van over and Kelly at the same time. You're still waiting on it. I'm just waiting on it. Because you can see, like, Vanover's gotten... Like, there's a relationship there, and now Kelly's not. And in the beginning of the season, Vanover wasn't favored. Kelly was getting the minutes. I don't think it should be a competition like that. They should be playing together. They, I think it would be a good partnership.
0: And when you see Grant Antisevich and Andre Kelly essentially getting the same number of minutes... Yeah, come on. You know, I do want Grant to get consistent minutes off the bench, but not at the expense of... Andre, Andre Kelly. Come on. Which is... He's like part of
1: the future. Like, we we got to develop this guy. And right now we're not.
0: Well, I think... You want to wrap it up right there? Any, like, final final? <laughs> on that? <laughs> any, any... On that sort uh, of morbid note. Um, did Darius hit a three today? Yeah, he hit three. Three seven from three, nine points. I think what? that was... I think they mentioned in the game notes somewhere... Um, I guess, oh, yeah, his three point streak to 15 in each of his past three. I I can't read. Extended his three point streak to 15 games in a row. But did he go to the line? He did not not
1: go to the line. Keep watching that, people.
0: As we mentioned, traveling trends. As we've mentioned, aggressive in a different way. But episode number 12, One Golden Moment podcast Justice Del Santos with the piercings. Woo! Rory O'Toole with the Aquafina. Hey, this is not a special Oh, that's shit.
1: actually not water. That's just pure vodka. Guys, I'm so
0: <laughs> wasted right now. You have no idea. Hey, remember, as always, drink your water, get your sleep. Watch the film. And watch the film. Peace. <laughs> yeah.